Okay, so we are ready to go. Land ahoy. Here we go. Quiet in the studio. Three, two, one and a half. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And it's another action-packed issue of the Quirky Four. What can we say? I am your host, AbFab, a.k.a. Jonathan Starkey. And, as always, I am the life of the party and the person you want to have by your side when you need a good time. Isn't that right? you can in 30 seconds when he arrives at a party. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, and next we have Statsman, a walking encyclopedia of numbers, a master of statistics, and the guy you want on your team when you're trying to win an argument or a game of trivial pursuit. Say hello, Not Stats. Not him a girlfriend, though, is it? I shut up, you. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> say hello. Hello. How are we? All right. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're pretty much we're, we're okay. Not bad at all. Like to say hello to the listeners too. Indeed, indeed, and the third part of the quirky four. On the list is the gazelle, the fitness fanatic, (laughs) who can run circles around the rest of us. He's always up for a challenge, whether it's a marathon or a game of Russian roulette. And he'll inspire you to get off the couch and start moving, won't you, gazelle? I certainly will, and what an introduction that was, sir. Thank you. And last, and most certainly the least, we have Raven. The mysterious and enigmatic member of this group. He's the one who always has a secret or surprise up his sleeve, like locking his wife out of the house. And you never quite know what he's going to say or do next. So, everybody, buckle up, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready for this hangout with this dynamic crew. You never know what's going to happen. Well, I do, because I planned it. So there. All right. Everybody okay? Okay. Yes, I'll just say hello, as you didn't invite me to do so. I know. So, hello, listeners. Hello, gentlemen. You know, I'll just introduce myself and finish off at the end. I've said for months that Raven's a member. I'm chocking that off. I say? It's as usual. That's all I can say. Everything is as usual. (laughs) Right, well, let's move on straight away to the roundup. Now, everybody remembers last week... We were talking about topics like Richard Sharp resigning from the BBC, eating one meal a day for success, smart glasses that can tell you what to say on a date. But the panellists included the graceful and nimble Cazelle, the statistics expert, Statsman, and the cunning Raven. So it's the same crew again tonight. The discussion was lively last week, so let's hope it's just as lively tonight without the rest of the stuff there, Gazelle. Very rude you are. Very rude. Anyway, this. <laughs> right, we're going to move on. And obviously, we're going to have a quick chat about the coronation. What did everybody think about it? Just a quick one, because I'm going to make that the national tonight. Go ahead. Did you like it? I didn't watch it. I thought, as usual, it's an excellent display of this country to the world for many reasons. Nobody can put on a show like us. I have... I won't go into too much detail now, but yes, it's it's a great spectacle. It's what we are as a country, but I have reservations as to the oath and how we're going forward as a country. But okay. we'll come to that later. Well, anyway, there were um, follow-up stories about that, which I'll discuss later on. Apparently, there are two-thirds of Britons less proud of the UK than five years ago and feel the country is in some form of decline. Wonder why. 
Well, okay. Well, you know, just to give you a brief on that, it's a YouGov poll, and it was conducted on behalf of advertising company Saatchi and Saatchi, and they found that two-thirds of Britain are less proud of the UK than they were five years ago, with 68% of respondents feeling that the UK is generally in decline. Over half of those surveyed said the standard of living was worsening. Anybody's standard of living going worse? Living <laughs> living going worse? Well, I think it is for everybody, but there's a number of points to sort of uh, those views being expressed, which is also to, to do with our culture and history and identity, and also uh, an issue that me and Mark have been particularly talking about a lot recently, which is our constitutional rights and freedoms. Yeah, yeah. Now, that is absolutely serious. That's fundamental to what this country is about. And I've got a couple of little interesting points to bring in later on about as a little follow-on about um, a couple of things we were talking about last week. One is very interesting, actually. It's a little quote. It's a it's a piece from the Bible, and it's very relevant, actually. Okay, well, 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 well. It was Sachi and Sachi who commissioned the YouGov poll, and it also falls in line with the think tank The Resolution Foundation, which also found that 2022 was a disaster for UK living standards. Got any comments on that, Stats? I've, I've got a comment on it. I Is mean, your name Stats? Oh, sorry. I'm going to say that bit. <laughs> I'm doing that on purpose. I'll let him go. Go on. <laughs> yeah, we'll no. let the gazelle go. Yeah, I'm just, I'm listening to that, and I, I, I hear people daily saying, every single day, this country's finished. It's finished. They've That's had a bit enough. depressing. We're battered. We're battered from every single angle. Well, we not drive. the small, tiny, deep state cohorts aren't battered. They're not battered. They're doing quite we, well. We, we taxed. I was looking at a graph today. The, the take by the government, and it's a take, it's a steal, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> I'll put it that way. The take is going into billions and billions of tax returns. The tax yep. returns for the government are increasing at an incredible amount. Yearly, we're taxed, we're hammered. If you've got a car, you're hammered. You can't drive. You can't afford to drive anywhere. Yep. You, every single, your council tax is going up. Your rents are going up. Your, everything is going through the roof. Yeah. No wonder we'd be depressed. The roof that you cannot afford to get fixed. You cannot afford to get fixed. Totally agree with you. This country, and I'm even, I'm even, I'm adding to it. This country's finished. All right, okay. That's a depressing note there from the gazelle. No grass to chew on there. And we're going to go straight through to Stevie, the raven, the man who has the flag of the Jolly Roger behind him. Yes, okay. Yes, gentlemen, it's interesting. We're talking about the state of the finances, which are clearly affecting everybody. But that is a result of fundamental wrongs in this country the very foundations upon which we were once built namely the morals and the ethics and the standards that we once set affect every single area of our life yeah and so we're talking at the moment here about you know the the cost of living and the effects of all of that across the board to everybody i say everybody it's mainly the low the lower paid, you know, let, let's face it, they're taking the hit. But the bottom line is all these are policies which are mainly driven by um, greed, 
They're mainly driven by looking after the higher echelons of society. And these are just a byproduct, if you like, of fundamental wrong thinking, the lack of morals and the lack of direction, the lack of ethics, and the liberalism, which now facilitates anything goes culture. I have uh, a massive concern in relation to the fact that there are now elements of our country which I'm ashamed of. That's and, a biggie for the raven to say. This is well, the man is, right, who is, is normally is, known very... as the patriot. Go ahead. Well, it is actually a very strong statement, so I agree, Jonathan. And the reason I say that is, and we've covered this many times, all of us in various formats over the past uh, two years on and off. As a nation, I bring it up again. We don't do anything about serious crime. We don't do anything about um, burglary. And we don't do anything about issues such as child rape. We don't do anything about rape. We let serious offenders off. And if they do get any kind of punishment, it's so ridiculously poor. It's pathetic. It's appalling. So I am ashamed that as a direction this country is taking, it is unacceptable. It is morally indig indignant. It's it's appalling to so me. So you're morally indignant. Is that going to be your new nickname? Raven, well, uh, the, the morally indignant Raven. Well, I think, you know, the indignation in this country towards any kind of supposed justice and our constitution, our Bill of Rights, and everybody having the right to justice, etc., is is disappearing. And we now have victims of serious crime who are let off. We have a situation where truth is now seen as lies and lies are seen as truth. Yes, oh, and the right. politicians are failing to lie convincingly over to Stats. Go ahead, Stats. Mm. I'm just going to be honest and say they're useless. I mean, I was looking at something before. They brought a new law in last year to make entering the country illegally uh, four to five years in prison. But then they say, well, we can't really enforce the law because we'd be too busy. <laughs> talking well, what about What kind of sham is this? Uh, talk, I mean, talk what's about the point of these people in charge? They're turkeys, aren't they? Talk like about seriously. talk about enforcing the law. Right, and before I give way to yeah. the gazelle, uh, 260 migrants arrived in the UK over the coronation weekend. What was the first thing the migrant said when he hit the UK shore? Money, money, money. No, he turned around God and said... God save the king. God no, he king. said, are we late for the coronation? <laughs> that was the first thing that they said. Are we Do you know late? what? Just before Trev comes in, if you actually made an example, of, I don't know, the next boat that comes over, put them all in jail for four to five years, that might stand the flow a little bit. Well, know. if they enforce the law, yeah. Well, over well, the weekend... They can't, so what was the point of it? In total, during the week, 603 migrants arrived in the UK. And so far, in 2023, 6,549 asylum seekers, asylum seekers, not economic migrants, have actually entered the country. They've crossed the channel. How many? Was that 6,500? 6,549. And they crossed in about 156, I think, yeah, 156 boats. And what can I say? I see, you know, Mark's right if they're not enforcing the law. Anyway, Trevor, we were going to give way to you. You were going to say something, sir? Yeah, it was just a just a, like a point I keep picking up with Steve there. He keeps mentioning Essex. It's not Essex. It's all over the country. Yeah. Also, isn't it strange that... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it strange? Rishi Sunak defends the Met Police over the coronation arrests. So when there was a protest, 
and they all were holding up boards that said, not my king. Those people were arrested. Go ahead, Mark. That's not how it's meant to work. That's right. English law doesn't work like that. The, the, the arrest of these protesters who haven't committed a crime is a prime example of what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. It's meant to be a common law right, is it not? To if protest. you can't protest peacefully, then I don't hold up much hope for, I don't know, being able to petition the king as per our constitutional rights. The Bill of Rights says that it is the right of the sub- subject to petition the king and all commitments and prosecutions for petitioning are illegal. And apparently, they've got it on video, there was uh, someone there filming and they asked the police why they'd been arrested. And the answer was, they're under arrest, end of. Now that's shocking. And then yeah. he walked off. Yeah. These protesters had actually liaised with police and promised they'd be peaceful. And to my knowledge, there was no previous for being disruptive. So I, it feels like tyranny again, doesn't it? Yeah, it's we, and something the fact not that, quite right. And the fact that people can't protest this, that just clarifies it. Yeah, we although we are all we all uh, support the the monarchy and the way that they operate in this country, we support that. But what we don't support is the lack of adherence to a consistent set of rules. So stopping those people from protesting was the wrong thing to do. You, you can't pick and choose. That's who right. You can't protest, but we've That's seen right. this before. So our fears have now been confirmed even quicker than we actually thought with the with these laws, because this is an overreach and a half, and a, and this well, is abusing this. It makes it very clear that the police have been yeah. politicised. Well, it was conveniently rushed rushed in, wasn't it, for yeah. this, when it was actually the, the climate morons. But you, you're already seeing now within a couple of days how they're abusing it. Yep. Or was that what it was for anyway? You know. Quick one there from the Raven. Go on, Raven. Quick one. Yeah, it's a very important point, this, actually, because um, a police constable undertaking their oath at the start of their, their day, which is what they are supposed to do, undertake that oath to apply the law if the law has been broken. And if they are found to be acting unlawfully, i.e. making arrests as such, when there is no evidence to justify making an arrest, and it is an unlawful arrest, they are actually liable because they are not covered by their bond. The very fact that we have police, and I saw that. I think I saw the same video that Mark is uh, referring to when, uh, well, they're going to get arrested, end of, etc. as Mark was saying. I saw that. It's actually very worrying that we, as a country, are heading down that route. We're mm-hmm. supposed to have fundamental constitutional rights where you can only be arrested, providing, of course, there is sufficient evidence to present to a court that you've actually broken the law. It doesn't appear to be the case. So the truth of the matter is, I'll give stats the final word, we believe in the institution of the monarchy, but we also believe in the right to protest. Final Absolutely. word on this. Final word on this, stats. Go ahead. It's just all a sham, isn't it? These public officials take an oath to the king and he, in turn he takes one to protect our rights and freedoms and none of it happens. So it's all just for show. Very expensive one, may I add. Yeah, very expensive. Mm. Okay, Royal Mail chief to leave. Simon Thompson, the chief executive of Royal Mail, you remember the guy that was went before the select committee and he got absolutely trounced. I mean, he was completely and utterly embarrassed. Uh, he's leaving, and he's in advance talks to leave the company amid a bitter fight with union bosses over the future of the business. The Board of International Distribution Services, Royal Mail's London-listed owner, you ever heard of those, IDS? Yes. 
They're the owner. Could announce Thompson's departure as soon as this week, according to City sources. Thompson's credibility was questioned by MPs investigating the performance of the former state-owned monopoly, leading to a second appearance before a committee. It confirmed his departure would bring a largely unhappy tenure to an end. Royal Mail was privatized in when? No points for this prize? 2013, with share prices priced at £3.30. They closed last Friday at 245.8. So, obviously, he's bad for business and they want rid. Simple as that. Well, he'll get a very nice large payoff. He's not bothered, let's face it. He'll move on. He'll get another big job where he messed that up as well and probably end up with another payoff from that as well. That's how it works. Right out of my mouth there, Raven. Right. Who's next? Okay. Or, according to the Daily Mail, who's Nexit? Nexit to get out of. Which countries are likely to join the UK in ditching the EU? Any any guesses there? I'd go for Italy. Italy. Mm-hmm. Italy, maybe France, if, if they can shift Macron. Macron. Um, and I know Hungary and Croatia and um, Poland probably like to leave, but I think they make out financially, so uh, they're sticking around. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're taking the money, but they're still, yeah. still highly critical, though. There they was are, a speech. Yeah, yeah. There was mm-hmm. a speech by them. And uh, we may just talk about that in another show, not now. More to go into. Right, okay, last one of the roundup. UK Eurovision singer who hates Britain applies for a German passport so she can live in Spain. <laughs> so this is, our, this is our representative in the Eurovision Song Contest. Right. She's critical of this country. She's applied to Germany for a passport so that she can go live in Spain. Bye-bye. Well, replace, it, replace them then. Well, John, you stand in. You know, could probably do a better job and you're more patriotic and uh, loyal to this country. You have a go. Well, she's a left-wing activist who's previously made controversial comments oh, about bye. Britain and its yeah, politicians. Right. North Korea, North Korea, clear off. Away you go. Can we, can we arrange flights and some of her friends can join us? Straight I'll after pay. the Eurovision show. She's, got, she's not going to get anywhere. She's not going to get anywhere. She doesn't regret her remarks. She called the Conservative Party racist and elitist. Well, mm, she mm. might have a bit of a point there, but not the racist <laughs> one. You can't you can't blame that about blame them for that being racist because they're not. But elitist, yes, I do think so. She was chosen by guess who? The BBC and management company Tap Music, whoever the hell they are, Tap Music to Tap. represent the UK in Eurovision in the hope that she could win the contest as an inspirational woman. <laughs> An inspirational is, woman? Is the, woman is, is the BBC describing this woman as a woman because she is a woman? Or no, because, as an inspirational well, woman. As, well, is she a woman? Well, anyway, <laughs> you, here's, here's how the BBC are going to get out of any criticism of her. Right? Muller's surname is from a grandfather, a Jew, who fled Germany for Britain during World War II. And so... That's how she's going to apply for a German passport through the country's reconciliation process of giving citizenship to descendants of Nazi persecution. So there you have it. How about that? No comments on there. Nobody's nobody's. We'll move on, really. I'm not really into the Eurovision, to be honest. Okay, well, all right. Well, we all know that the national 
is definitely going to be the coronation. And, and I know that we quickly discussed it. We are, I'll say it again, we all support the institution of the monarchy. And we are patriots. <laughs> the gazelle is mm -hmm. chewing a wasp there. All right, go ahead. Why aren't you a supporter of the monarchy, gazelle? Go ahead. It took me two hours to get away from it at the weekend. I've changed everything. I even, I even watched Al Jazeera. <laughs> and they put it on there. So then I just went on to Netflix. I've got no interest whatsoever. And you went on to Netflix and then you started to watch The Crown. And Harry. <laughs> and then Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I'm sorry. I, the, the way that it's got, I, I support the Queen 100%, the job that she did in the role that she was in. One hundred percent, but she was, not the way she, it's going. Everybody, up, everybody loved the Queen. Yes, yeah, I think they did. Yeah, and I and I was one of those as well, but not the way the monarchy is going at the moment. Well, she was the last of the breed, wasn't she? The real breed. Yes, I, I think she was. Breed. I think okay. she was. Yeah, she well, gave, I, she I gave this country its identity for seventy years around yes. the world. Yeah, totally yep. agree with that, Steve. But I, I just cannot agree with the way that this is going forward. Well. He was crowned in Westminster Abbey uh, in a ceremony that mirrored his mother's coronation 70 years ago. He arrived in the Diamond Jubilee State Coach and was crowned in St. Edward's Chair, as the late Queen was. Princess Anne, who was deemed too young to attend her mother's coronation, was present with her siblings, Prince Edward and Prince Andrew. The Duke of Kent, Princess Alexandra, Prince Michael and the Duke of Gloucester also attended both coronations. Prince William knelt and gave an oath of allegiance to his father, breaking tradition. Hmm, did you know that? Yeah. Yes, I've got a question. Uh, he said he was crowned in uh, Edward's chair. St. Edward's. Edward's chair. St. Edward's chair. Well, I've got a question. Was this a creaky chair? Because if it's a very old one... No, one, it wasn't was. creaky. <laughs> and it also had the stone of destiny underneath it. It wasn't it was as old stone, as the stone of destiny yeah, underneath mine. Well, all the flaming money they've got, you think they buy a new one? <laughs> well, what can I say? The truth is, it was it, well, after he was crowned, Camilla was crowned and officially enthroned. The historic Ooh. crowning followed the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, in September 22. After, we know all that. Well, I'm just telling you, just so that maybe some of the listeners don't remember exactly when it was. Well, they've uh, been asleep. All right, okay. How long did she reign for, if you know so much? How long did she reign for? Come on, Raven. Well, 70 years. Okay, you're right. Okay. And a bit. Give the, give the guy a crunchy. <laughs> give him a crunchy. Ah, okay. I've seen something online today, which is quite interesting, if it's correct. Um, the, the time frame between... His mother passing and mm. his crowning. Have you have you seen that at all? Today? I know. Go ahead. The, the devil. <laughs> well, apparently it's supposed to be. Mm. I'll have to check it out for sure. But I've seen. Apparently it says um, the the time frame between his mother passing and the crowning was six months, six weeks, and six days. <laughs> Oh, I don't know whether that's correct, but there we go. Well, what did you think of those comments that were made by that woman, that actress from um, Bridgerton, Adjoa Andu? Okay, I've not heard. I, I've not seen this, but go on. Well, basically, the BBC are facing a backlash because 
she went on the radio because what she actually said was that the balcony is really white. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I saw that. I, yes, I know what you're referring to now. Um, uh, I thought it was quite appalling, really. You know, it, it's this country is what it is. I'm, I'm tired of having these discussions about our long-standing heritage and everything. We we can't just sort of balance everything out with statistics and and make everything presented as though it's a reflection of a society which isn't a true reflection of our society. And our family is what it is, royal family that is, and our heritage and everything else is what it is. So I'm sick and tired of people running the country down, actually. Yeah, well, that's what she said. She thought that the, the the balcony was a little bit too white. Go ahead, stats. I don't knock statistics, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, do you know what? what? If Megan had been there, that would have shut her up, wouldn't it? Oh, well, you know. it, it, that wasn't going to happen. Go ahead, Mark. Do you know, imagine a white man going to, I don't know, let's think, African royal families who's got one, Swaziland, Swaziland. telling them uh, the royal family, you're too black. No, I can't imagine that either. No. And I'm going to be honest, I'm sick of these racist lunatics. Well, it was race they scream race. They scream racism, John. But the thing is, it's them who are racist. And I think we'd have a lot less race issues if these people packed their bags and went to a country where people are their colour, so they'd be happy. But I doubt they'll make any money off the race baiting there, so that's not going to happen. But I reckon we should start prosecuting these people now or use their tactics. Let's cancel them. Let's say you're never working on TV again, my love. Let's see how they like it. Yeah, make sure yeah. she doesn't have a bank account or make sure she, she can't rent a home and she has to go and live abroad like some Katie Hopkins and people got to live like that. Yeah. And they're not racist, so why not? This yeah. is actually really infuriating me now. Yeah. These well, people are totally born went... here or they come here and they just disrespect our country. Never have I done that in any other countries. No, I've no, you can't. You wouldn't get away I've with it. I've been to countries where, okay, maybe their human rights aren't as good as ours or the way women are treated, but I didn't go over there and tell them and criticise them. No, I get it. Well, afterwards, um, the BBC gave an interview, and it was Paddy O'Connell, and uh, basically, well, he he was even—I mean, he made a stupid comment. He suggested that the national anthem "God Save the Queen" should be replaced by a new song that's more inclusive. Land of hope and glory. Well, yes, we've got that. Jerusalem, more inclusive. More (laughs) inclusive. Well, that'd be a rap song then. How can well, we be inclusive when these people are so divisive? It, 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 it doesn't work. Oh, I'm sick of it. Go on, sorry. Well, well you I'm know. sorry, but just just throw something into the mix here. Why does everything have to be seen to be inclusive? The heritage of the country is exactly what it is, and that's it. Well, in a, in eighteen, why do we have to bend it into you something? Don't, it's you not. You don't. We're being we're being we're suffering a virus at the moment, where minorities feel that they can just get away with saying anything that they want. It's weak leadership again, John. Again, yeah. these universities, the principals and the teachers should be like, oh, shut up for speaking, end of. And our police should be like, shut up. And our politicians should be like, we've had enough, quiet, it's our country. But they're all weak and they bend over backwards. No, they won't be when you get stammering. Damn it. Do you know what? <laughs> tell you what, they might out-conservative the conservatives. <laughs> it's not hard, is it? Mm. <laughs> well, he turned, he, he turned around to uh, this actress and said, you know, you, you've not done anything to apologise for. Because she was trying to make an apology, saying, I'm sorry, you know, if I... But she knew exactly what she was saying, didn't Race she? Beating. Well, she did. They all know what they're saying. Yeah, it's just, it's just too much. The bottom but, line is, in terms of expression, it's one-way traffic, isn't it? Let's face it. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, there's no, no two ways about it. I mean, I was I was very very happy with what went on. I saw it, I watched it, I saw what was going on, and I thought to myself, "Wow, what a great advert it is for the rest of the for the rest of the country to see uh, see going around the world." Because I believe the viewing figures around the world were massive. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, we were a little bit worried when we that it wasn't going to be very English and Anglican, but from what I saw, I think on the whole. It probably was. I think they put a few little trinkets in to keep the progressives happy. But uh, it was just interesting seeing many of the uh, constitutional aspects and things that we've discussed on podcasts and in specials. It's just a shame it was all for show, really, and it won't be upheld. Well, let's... Uh, let's... It was a good spectacle, I'll be honest. Yeah. Too many hymns, too much singing. Oh, I loved it. I, I loved all the hymns. I love all well, those hymns. You play all that, don't you? But I, I, and I love Zadok the Priest. music or but. I don't know. No, no, no. Reggae. No, no. Thought we were going all multicultural. Excuse me, stats man. We're not having that sort of thing lower in the tone in, in our institutional. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you brought up their stats was 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 it was true. That's too many hymns. Not enough them's, they's, or she's. And those. <laughs> Hey, they never picked up on that, did they? <laughs> oh, what a great point there, Gazelle. That was a curveball that came in. And I know that um, there, there are other people with other views. I mean, The Guardian. The Guardian came out with another summary. No. And they came out and they said that um, they questioned the role and relevance of the monarchy in a democratic society. Okay? Question The Guardian's role? Well, yeah. I mean, they're always, they're always begging for money. Uh, keep you know, begging. They're always begging for money, but um, they need to, what they were getting through on the story was that they wanted to define the term service, which the new king and Prince William invoked frequently during the coronation weekend. Now, that is something that you're talking about, Mark. Service, the contract. Yeah, the lack of it. Yeah. Well, that's it. So, I mean, they do have a point. Steve, you're waving your pen again, again so furiously. What do you want? Right. Pay attention. I'm going to read something now. It's very important, actually, because it kind of surmises a number of things. First of all, it talks about a. Um, we've been talking this 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 week about our heritage, our constitution. Last week, our borders and immigration. We've been talking about the lack of moral standards and ethics are falling away from lots of things. And we were also talking last week about protecting our heritage by way of using the churches and returning to our traditional ways and lots of other things. So we mentioned the use of churches and the very essence of what we are as a country. And I came across this and I thought it was very apt because it kind of mentions in this a number of things in terms of where we are at as a country. Do you like your music in the background? And I came across this, just bear with me a second. This is from the Bible and this is from... Deuteronomy 28, and it says, Foreigners who live in your land will gain more and more power, while you gradually lose yours. They will have money to lend you, but you will have none to lend them. In the end, they will be your rulers. And it talks, so I won't read any anymore, but it goes on about the falling away from God, morals, standards, and ethics and the loss of your very identity as a nation. And that's in the Bible. Came across, and I thought it kind of surmised a lot of the things that we've been talking about, particularly over the past three weeks. Is that from the Book of Enoch, Paul? No. <laughs> the Book of Enoch. Never! 
Never will it happen, not in Cheshire. We will maintain Cheshire. Won't we, Mark? We will. We will stand by. I will say this, Jonathan, and you make a very good point. Perhaps in a slightly... We're going to build a wall. (laughs) Why? That's plan B. (laughs) And we're going to make that wall great. We're going to build a wall. We will actually defend Cheshire. Let's face it. (laughs) The last bastion of Englishness. (laughs) Got one. It's called Chester Walls. Got one. Uh, Gosh. Hey, what do you think, by the way, of uh, uh, the Liverpool crowd booing whilst the anthem was? uh, Well, there are reasons behind that. Well, they should be able to say whatever they want. They should be able to sing it, not sing it, boo it, not boo it. Oh yes, I'm just saying, I'm just asking you viewpoints, really. But um, talking of that, this I, I came across this again today. I'll just read this out. This is a little uh, kind of relevant point in in relation to. He's hugging Liverpool. again, Gazelle. He's uh, hugging again. He is, he is an, uh, a little. Just wait a minute. Relevant, he keeps mentioning a little relevant. To, well, it's a baby elephant with big ears. Well, <laughs> you know, Liverpool like to sing certain things. They didn't want to sing the uh, national anthem, but they do sing. You know that famous song that all uh, a lot you'll of never walk matches. alone. Great yes, song. Anyway, it, it says here. I came across this today. It reminded me of the Liverpool anthem, and it says, "Did you know that the actor Yul Brynner was a lifelong Liverpool fan, and he never wore aftershave in his life?" That's right. Yul never wore cologne. <laughs> That's- <laughs> that is a definite dad joke. There's no two ways about it. That's a definite dad joke. Anyway, right. Well, so wrap it up. Our whole feelings about it. It was a great show. Yes. Some reservations. I'd like us to return to some proper tradition in terms of maintaining the constitutional rights for the people. They have and our borders and Does our any- heritage. Our Christian heritage has to be protected. Does anybody know how to actually, what the mechanisms are for complaining to the king if he doesn't actually adhere to the contract that he took an oath to uphold? Go ahead, I've, Mark. Al- I've already said that one, the Bill of Rights. You're allowed to petition the king. And it's been done before. It was done in America when they were unhappy about some stuff, and that led to the American uh, the war, when they, the, the war we lost. But anyway, we won. The War of Independence. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, well, I've been trying to contact him on TikTok, but I've not found him yet. <laughs> I know somebody who's tried to do it before and uh, do you think got Elon, do, you think, do you think Elon will give him a blue tick? No, yeah. <laughs> or, or his own gold crown? Oh, little gold tick he'll have. Little gold, yeah. Yeah, no, he's got to have a crown. He's got to have a gold yeah, crown on Twitter. What do you think? Yeah. Charles. Let's put yeah. a sausage in his bio. The one and only. <laughs> anyway, all right, so we're going to move on, and we're going to do a mop-up of what happened at the elections last week, which our man, statsman, Mark, did so well in Ledgerman Manor. Yeah, I just yeah, want to say, very well done, Mark, brilliant. actually, over 400 votes, and I'd like to say a big thank you to everybody who voted for him. But actually, what Mark did, which is what we said last week, Um, He gave people an opportunity to vote for something different and a different candidate with different policies. Well done, Mark. Great results. Mark, are you going to thank Steve for all those leaflets he delivered? Yeah, cheers, I was busy. (laughs) 
That's strange. Maybe next time, eh? Yeah, maybe next time. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> if I go for MP, there's going to be quite a few more for you to deliver. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> and me and Mark are going to go as a, as, a, as a double act for MP in the town. We're going to be MP1 and MP2. That'll be our car registrations. <laughs> I'll be MP3. Oh, yes. And Trevor will be the film buff, MP4. Come on, on my head, that I don't do any of that techno <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right, so, what did I mean, Mark? You were involved in it. What did you yeah. feel about the whole process? I mean, to be honest with you, I have to say that the whole crew at the press department there and the the, the, all the people that were handling the election, they did a great job. They were fine. They, they, you know, it was a little bit slow in certain areas. Okay. Yeah, I can't understand. Oops, sorry, knocking me, Mike. I can't understand why in, in in some areas they're done and dusted on the night. Yeah, I, I, this dragging this out until the next day thing. It's not. It's not good. You can get this wrapped up. I think they just need a bigger venue so they can count them and, and more staff. Maybe. I don't know. Well, the, they, they can't. They can't the take, o- the overall yeah, turnout, the the overall turn. I understand what you're saying. The mm-hmm. overall turnout was not good. Thirty six point one percent. Yeah, that's that's not good. It's it's shocking, really, isn't it? But then again, there's no there's no one to really vote for. So what do you expect? Everyone's fed up. And the biggest bottom line is, and I'll come to you in a minute, uh, Raven. The biggest bottom line is, is that now the Labour Party have control of the council. Yeah, sadly, they have the necessary majority to do that. So, mm, what can I say? Steve, go on. Yeah, I saw the... uh, Welcome to our two billion. Get in there. (laughs) I I saw the turnout was um, pretty much an indication of the disillusionment with British politics. In the area I live, there's supposedly a lot of issues which people are very unhappy about, but the turnout was just under 25%. And out of 45 wards... Uh, the Blaken Ward was the fifth lowest uh, turnout, which I found quite shocking, to be quite frank. Um, I find it uh, rather frustrating in many ways that an opportunity to express uh, a democratic decision is, is not taken up by more and more people. In other parts of the world, people are dying fighting for the right to have this. Yeah. So that's the first point. Secondly, I also want to say that um, you've just brought something up about the process. And yes, it was very well conducted at the at the count, as is normally the case. But I have to say, very strongly, I have concerns because these ballot boxes should not be taken from uh, polling stations and left wherever they're left and then addressed and dealt with the following day. They should be secure. They're taken straight from the ba- the polling station, well, and they should be dealt with there and then. How do you know so- that they that that they weren't actually secured at the venue in which they were going to be counted? I think they I are actually question this. I question this with my Warrington Borough Council. Okay, go ahead. I went right to the top to Mister Broomhead, Sir Professor Broomhead. That guy name. is so fat. I'm and I, you. Yeah, and I, and I, I actually sent him a, an email. I said, I'm just questioning why you're leaving these until Saturday. Ours was Saturday from Thursday. Wow. And he said, look, all this has been passed and agreed, and it's all within the rules of the Electoral Commission. Commission. 
He said, and we are following them. I said, are they kept secure? And he said, well, I'm just telling you that these are within the Electoral Commission. Didn't tell, it, that didn't answer my question. No, and he probably he probably wouldn't. Quick no, word on that, like, Sats. How, how dare you question me? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Listen, don't take anything from that guy. He's an actual fact. I mean, he's good for you because I'm not kidding you, Gazelle. He makes you look like skinny mini, I'm telling you. Skinny mini. I'll take that. And and I'm also a bit worried as well. Just make one point why I can that um, I will make a statement that the our council leader, Rusty, uh, sorry, uh, Russ Bowden, was actually, uh, he, he got, bastards, he forgot if I'm not guilty of uh, electoral fraud. So it was electoral malpractice. He actually got found not guilty. Okay. So, yeah, and now I'm a bit concerned about this because apparently he's going to go out and celebrate and spend another $2 billion, which is going <laughs> to knock us up to round about That's five. That's a big party. That's a big party. Go ahead, Stats. You know, you're talking <laughs> about the votes. They're trying to tighten up the election process by, you know, using ID and stuff. I think maybe they should supply pens, not pencils, yeah. and get those ballot boxes straight to the place and get them counted straight away, and then it eliminates any discrepancies. Then yeah. we know it's you know exactly. it's going to be a, a pretty tight process. Off that subject, before Steve comes in, I was a bit disappointed to be honest about about the amount of independent seats won across the whole country. Yeah, it was, it was small. It was it? only eight hundred and seventy-four, and that was down sadly by eighty. It was just one council controlled by independents. So again, we're stuck in this cycle of these political parties. I mean, it appeared to me that Labour still came out to play, but the rest of the people are fed up. Well, what now, in it? my ward, it was a it was a similar turnout to it normally is, about 36, I think, percent. Uh, we really need to tap into this other two-thirds of people who don't vote. Yeah, we've got to get to get into why, why are they yeah. not voting? Because they're fed up, but then even when you do give an alternative, some people are still unhappy with that. So, I mean, it appears the res- result is decisions being made by sometimes just a fraction of the population of Cheshire. And they the major decisions... I'm, you know, I'm so, sorry, Stats. They don't uh-huh. vote because of the voting system. Yeah. That's why they don't vote. And every year and every vote, it gets worse and worse and worse. It because you, your vote doesn't mean anything. It, if you don't vote... If you vote something different than Labour in Warrington North, I mean, not quite at the moment, it's not. I, I, I must admit that. But in the past, if you vote anything other than a Labour, your vote is not counted, it's not heard, you will get nowhere. And this is the problem. And that's why people just say, I can't be bothered voting. It does. It, need, it needs changing. As I've just said, you've got a small fraction of the population who are making the decisions, basically, by electing these people. And it's not fair because, as I say, some of these massive decisions are affecting everybody. Like some people weren't able to vote because they were on holiday and other things. Okay, they could have done proxy and things like that, but maybe they're just not that interested. But when a small amount of the population are electing these people, and then we've got, and then you can't even hold them accountable, it's wrong. And that's why I want the public to have more of a say on the on the main. If decisions. we're not going to be able to change the voting system, i.e., the first past the post, if we're not going to be able to change that system then we should make it compulsory to vote. Yeah, yeah. And when you make it compulsory to vote, oh, my God, you will see some uh, changes. You see, I'm not sure about that. I think in a democracy, you should be given the opportunity not to vote. Yeah. I but then that's not helping well, my that, problem of getting people well, out. I'm, I'm probably being more flippant there. 
But if you do make everybody vote, then you will see some changes. But does that mean you they can spoil the ballot? Yes, it does. I, I'm I'm actually in favour of um, uh, people being made to vote. Yes, I agree in a free society and democracy and choice. But always remember, Mark, there's always those people out there who want to use a democratic process for their own evil ends. And all it takes is enough of the wrong people to sway the vote through malpractice. And if the votes are utilised by everybody, even if they want to spoil it, none of the above, whatever, that's fine. A vote that is used in any capacity removes the possibility of that potential vote potentially being used for the wrong reasons. I just want to come to a very quick point, which has given me an awful lot of pleasure. I am going to mute him. I am going to mute him. He's trying it on again. Right. All hands in favour of muting him. Patience here. Oh, what on your case? He's got a little. I really uh, don't want to know what gives you a great amount of pleasure. <laughs> That's right. Too much detail. <laughs> Get on with it then, quickly. Right now, a while back, for those who don't know, but I'm sure most will, back in uh, July last year. I thought I he was going to say Mark, back in July 1688. Go on. No, not quite. July last year, I sent a rather lengthy letter by way of email to the Chester Conservative Party chairman, pointing out many things of my experiences within the party and that of my fellow Brexiteers around Cheshire. And I pointed out... Lots of things within it, how various people were being treated, how the party was operating, what I'd seen and what I'd heard, and what I thought was appallingly disgusting. And as a result, I made a number of comments in that communication, pointing out to the Conservative Party chairman in Chester, Mr Neil Sullivan, that um, he was underestimating the influence of a long-established network of Brexiteers in the north of England who can influence the vote. Oh, yes. Now, because the Conservatives, I pointed out to Mr Sullivan, had not only betrayed the country over Brexit, they were also betraying the people who were actively responsible for really achieving the Brexit and the referendum and winning the referendum. And I didn't like it. I also didn't like which I pointed out to him, that many people within the Conservative Party in Chester and across Cheshire were quite happy to trade on the benefits of the Brexit vote to shore up their own political careers, whilst at the same time not acknowledging the real people who were responsible. And I made it known to Chester Conservatives that we would start to affect the vote. However... After the recent vote this week in the local elections, the Chester Conservative former chairman, well, I'm guessing he's a former chairman, he may still be the chairman, Councillor Neil Sullivan, is no longer a councillor. Oh. conclusions. Any tears of sympathy coming out there from anybody? Yeah, just carry on, Steve. No. Just let Steve carry on. I'm just going to mow the lawn. Got to build the shed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the point I wanted to make was that basically it wasn't a complete whitewash for the Conservatives on the night. 
I mean, I'm sure stats will have the exact figures, but I worked it out approximately. You know, Labour got two and a half thousand seats and the Conservatives got around about 21, 2200, something like that. Now, that's not enough for them to get a majority if there was a general election called. And isn't it strange that they Starmer... They may look at a hung parliament. Yeah, hung parliament. Isn't it strange now that Starmer is not, actually answering any direct questions about the chances of a deal with the Lib Dems in the general. You know, it's as simple as that. He said, I won't get into any hypotheticals. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, you weren't far off. Um, Labour gained 536 and the Lib Dems gained 405. And that roughly works out around the 1,000 that the Conservatives lost. Yeah. So is this just a bit of a protest? And when it comes a general, everyone will be back to, oh, we can't let Labour in, so we'll vote Conservative, and we can't yeah. let the Conservatives well, is, in, we'll might vote be, Labour. Yeah, you're we're right. stuck in the same cycle of crap again, aren't we? You're, you're right, you're right, because that's why Starmer is not getting into that argument or making yeah. any statements. And also, he is withdrawing from pledges that he made when he was going for the leadership. So it's it's all up into the in the air now. They know they haven't got a complete you know, whitewash, that they would get a, a get a complete majority in Parliament. So there you go. Go ahead, Stats, again. Just remember, this was the last election, local elections for 2019. And who was in charge then? That was Theresa May. And it was yeah. a mess then as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So we, I don't think this can really tell us what's going to happen, but it's going to be close. Well, I, I can just add on that, that if you look at, take away the local elections now that's just happened. Okay. That, you, that we're on about. Look at the polls in general. The polls in general give Labour like a 40, um, um, I don't know, 30% lead in it, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a massive lead over the Conservatives. And that's as a general election. Yeah. That's not, you take out all the, you know, the, the protests and, I mean, the Lib Dems, for God's sake. No, but, you know, they got 400. They did, they did well on the night, as they yeah. always do. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to form a government. So the nah. point is, all they when you get down to a general election, they're all going to disappear again, and they're all going to vote whatever they're going to vote, and it won't be the Lib Dems. So, looking at the the overall general election polls, Labour are still massively ahead. Yeah, 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 massively ahead. Well, the there were some surprises, and especially in the local election. I mean, when a Green got in 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 Whitby, that oh. was that was a surprise. Oh. They were opposing the hydrogen village. That's right. So you push people's things onto people and you yeah. get a backlash. That's right. I think Trev's right. I'm not sure the Lib Dems are going to do so well. I mean, even I beat them. Uh, and uh, two hardworking councillors in Frodsham, conservative councillors, they lost their seats to Labour. Now, I, that was, a, that was a, a, a real surprise, you know, for us when we were looking at that. I mean, I know people listening to say, where's Frodsham, you know? Because everybody will know where Chester is. I can't well, I wait. Quite right, quite right. right. On the day, sorry, to the Frodsham uh, reform candidate. I keep saying on the night. Oh, yeah, I know. Me on the night. Yes, you uh, were there covering for Cheshire Matters, sir. I know you were. Yes, I was. And I was, I was speaking to uh, 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 quite a few of the um, the candidates. And I was talking to this uh, the chap from reform. I know you know that I know I am reform. That's why I connected with him. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was very, very, very positive about it. You know, it was his first time he'd stood, which is great. I love that. I love, I love virgins. <laughs> and it was, this was this was the first time he'd stood. So no one cuts that bit out. 
<laughs> oh, but I do. I mean, it just shows that people still are interested. He was talking you know, about political virgins. But of course I am. Yeah, well, why would yeah, you? Of course you're about dirty bunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm on about political virgin. No, I mean, it's nice when people actually, again, put the head above the parapet. Same as Mark did as well. I mean, I know he stood before, but the point is, uh, and and look at that result Mark got. Absolutely excellent. And Steve, last time I was over at an uh, account with Steve, he did excellent as well as an independent for Blake. And, well, and this is what we need. We've got to get more people into it. You know, you know. hopefully his friends will vote, then their friends will vote, and the friends of friends will vote, and we'll start to build it up again. And ITV, get away from this flaming negativity that we've got within I know, this. We've I know. got to change the voting system. Blue yeah. in, blue out. Red in, red out. Get rid of it. We've got to change it. I Stop. think the, the connection, like you say, guys, is is with the, the the massive amount of people so disconnected from politics in this oh, country yeah. and what's yeah. going on who don't vote. It's incredible. These people that was reflected in the the press that were there. ITV were there, uh, BBC were there, BBC local radio was there, and they all Cheshire Live were there. Cheshire, Cheshire Live. You mean Cheshire Matters? Cheshire Live. Cheshire Live would have been Wash there your mouth out with carbolic soap, Matters you. Cheshire Sack him, sack him, sack him. That was... That's... Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Show him the door. Out. I do apologize. They... Is that how you got in, is it? Yeah. Right, uh, no, Live. I was actually reading Cheshire Live. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it was. Get lost. Now, yeah. they all said the same thing. There seems to be behind the scenes. We were just talking shop, so no names, no pack drills. They were saying there is a disconnect, and it seems to be throughout the country. And uh, then they said, well, we've got to go and interview Justin Madders now. <laughs> and I went, you've got to. <laughs> I said, I'll interview him for you. Watch his face if I come up and speak to him. <laughs> anyway, so any more to say about that? I mean, yes. Labour got control around here, quite simply. Yes, they've got control, but um, let's see what uh, our, our our leader Louise Gittens is going to do. Let's see. Let's see if she's going to actually help the people and lower the council tax. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Oh, I love a sense of humor. <laughs> well, they're saying what they're going to do if they get in. And a general, and they're all supporting Starmer, so, you know. <laughs> well, okay, well, hey, you know what time it is, gentlemen. Okay, Stevie, don't go anywhere near the bar because we know that you're not going to put your digital hand in your digital pocket and take out your digital crypto coin and do anything with it for us for a digital pint so you can just I'm glad the message is finally Oh got it has through. got through right you know and you know that when we go to the bar we ain't getting you one so there you go Well there's nothing changed there No that's right okay shout outs shout downs I'm going to go first I'm going to say a big shout out to the uh, team that was organizing the elections for the media as uh, Gina and all the rest of them I'm going to say yes you did a good job. Thank you very, very much for the way that you treated Cheshire Matters and all the other media representatives that were there. You did a great job. So, next. Who's going to go next? Go on, Marco. Oh, well, hey, Statsman well, was there before you. Know you. That's, that's, Stats was on. there before you. Trev's funny. We'll end on a high. I just want to thank all the legends that voted for me. 
much appreciated and all the support. Obviously, yeah. I would have liked to have won, but uh, we took a chunk off the Conservatives. Indeed. Sadly, Labour gained a little bit. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. No. But it gives me something to build on for next time. Yes. And as I say, I've got to tap into the rest of these uh, these non-voters. I'd also like to do a shout-out to the Green candidates who, uh, as we just mentioned, knocked uh, Labour off and Whitby. Yeah. And a shout-out for standing up for what he believes in. Oh, she, I forget now. Um, it doesn't really matter what they believe in, but I, I'm all for people standing up and opposing stuff. Yeah. Especially when it's forced on people, that I say, which is a big part yeah. of my campaign. Standing on what they so, believe in. I know they probably wanted to stand as an independent, but they got more of a platform with the Greens, and it seemed to work, so... Fair play. I think we need more of this around the town. There wasn't much of a fight back. That's right. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, Raven, go ahead. What's your shout out for? And if you say Elaine, I'm going to mute you. Uh, no, it isn't actually. Okay. I've got two. First of all, a little. No, you've one. got one. You've got one. That's it. Right, so, well, apologies to Mark. I was going to give you a little mention again, but it's he's all right. It's okay. You heard it. Now give I us the other two. one. Well, well it's man. obvious, isn't it? Go on, who? It's obvious. This week's shout-out is absolutely, mind-blowingly obvious. Oh, it's to me. No, it's me. Uh, amazingly <laughs> good-looking, wise, humorous, loving, loyal, and a great lover. What more could any woman want? Yeah, well, we don't... Any woman? You you're married. You can only be one woman. Oh, right? The woman that you locked out. Yeah, Irene. Oh, yeah. Well, amazing lover. How does she know if she want. can't get into the house? Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Gazelle. Well, my shout-out is exactly the same as yours, Jonathan. It's a shout-out to all the staff at the Chester camp for being extremely helpful, hard-working, yeah, and just want to finish off is uh, life's not a fairy tale. You know, if you do lose your shoe at midnight, then you're just drunk. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank God that's all over. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so it's going to be a good night. Okay, everybody, here we go. Well, I'm quite happy about that podcast i know it was a little bit more serious in certain areas than others because we were talking about the coronation and we were mopping those things up and we were talking about the election results and what's going on and we know we know that the raven likes to hog so you're going to get to say good night and that's it go so goodbye everybody and have a nice week and it's a good night from Stats. Go ahead, Stats. Good night. Can I just add, I think the coronation next time needs a bit more class. I think it was missing Diana. I've actually discovered the real reason she divorced Prince Charles. Okay. Because she actually found out that not all rulers have 12 inches. Oh! oh. Well, that, was a, that was a bit below the belt. It certainly was, if it's 12 inches. <laughs> Say good night, Gazelle. Good night, everybody. And I'm leaving on the jet plane. Oh, yes, you're going away. Oh, where are you going? I'm going to Greece to work. Uh, I'm not going to ask on. when you're going. I'm, we don't want to let anybody know. <laughs> well, life's a beach sometimes. Yeah, I'm going uh, on Thursday, so I'll speak to you all next Tuesday from lovely Greece again. Indeed. Oh, jealous. Enjoy that, mate. Yeah. Don't forget, Trevor, I did give you the advice to make sure you got some decent internet connection, unlike him from Korea with his chronic stuff. Are you talking about Seth? I will be. I will spend two days, Steve, looking for a proper internet connection. I would advise a couple of sunbeds before you go, Trevor. Yeah. So when you 
drop your drawers. Yeah. <laughs> he wants well, not well, looking. Well, that's the first. That's yeah, he needs to sometimes. But in the last holiday, that you have to spend, you know, don't go in the third week, as I said before, of your holiday. Make sure you go within the first week.